0: Making kayfabe podcast, bro. You guys rule. Do it like Russo, bro. 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 Bro.
1: Bro. 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 Bro.
2: Welcome to a very special edition <laughs> of Making k where we book it like Russell, bro! bro. This is bro? the, bro. bro, this is the second installment of Book It Like Russo. The first one was very well received by you lovely listeners, and it was even sort of endorsed by Vince Russo himself, so we thought, fuck it, why not do another? I mean, where else are you going to hear about Vince McMahon's illegitimate son being revealed as his own mother, where else are you going to see Vince Russo descend from the top of the arena as a coked-up Jesus to guide David Arquette to a victory on Raw Underground? And let's be really honest, where else are you going to see Stone Cold take his 316 gimmick very seriously and wrestle as Pope Austin avec Pope Hats? Right. It's only in Book- only bucket, Late, Russo, and my friends, we're going to get right to it. But first, I would love to introduce my guest today. First, we have my good friend... My Making k co-host, my muse, in Book It Like Russell last time, he did put a port pad on Austin, and it was marvellous. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a man who has just had his first COVID jag, so now has excellent 5G reception. Please welcome Dylan <laughs> Copeland.
3: Yeah! <laughs>
2: bro. I like the entry.
0: <laughs> bro. How you doing, Bro. Bro.
1: Bro. Bro? Bro. Do we say anything else or is this the show just all bros?
2: Uh, if, if you do say anything else, I'm just going to replace it with bros anyway, so
1: <laughs> no. Because <laughs> my story at the end is going to be like 50 minutes long, so it's just going to be you replacing it with like, you know, 50 minutes worth of bros. I feel, I feel
3: like, like it I- would still make sense in an episode like like Rusek
2: yeah you, you've got a lot to look forward to folks <laughs> uh, <laughs> and lastly we have somebody who's also my good friend a man that I've known for many years and a man who has just designed some fucking badass graphics for making k which you'll be seeing if you're listening to this show, last time in Book It Like Russo he booked David Arquette coming back which we all want to see ladies and gentlemen making his second making k appearance it's Tyler Mortimer yeah boy Woo! David Arquette David yeah. Arquette
3: for WWE Champion. Da- David Arquette for all the gold. David Arquette for the belt collector gimmick.
2: <laughs> David, David <laughs> the, Arquette. The man to the throne Omega. Daniel Arquette versus falling. Kenny Omega.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's. I mean, you know, that's what the people want. And AEW just haven't given it to us and we want it.
3: Yeah. No. I'm like holding up a wad of money, literally doing the fry meme. And they take my money <laughs> <from> right now. <laughs> Vince Russo is only gonna spend it on on high class strippers, but Mm -hmm. like take my money, Vince.
2: Take it. Yeah, I'd I'd voice that man, I'd voice that. So, speaking of things that I would watch, here's what we're going to do for Book It Like Russo 2. So, there's three of us here, and we're each going to do our own Russo-esque rebooking in three different styles. So, I'll be kicking things off, where I'll be doing a rebooking kind of more similar to what you'd usually see in making kayfabe, except a bit more nuts than normal. Today, I'm going to be covering the aftermath of the recent AEW Exploding Ring fiasco then we'll be moving on to tyler's rebooking where um as as i understand it he literally has a fucking play that he's gonna use dylan and i to act out um Mm -hmm. as of yet we have not seen the transcript so we have no fucking idea what to expect there except that it's going to feature vince russo versus vince mcmahon in a battle of the vince's so you've got that to look forward to folks And finally, we'll move on to Dylan, who will be rebooking rebooking as Vince Russo. Uh, So we'll find out what might go through the mind of Russo when he rebooks the king of bros, Matt Riddle. (laughs) So we've got a packed, packed show today, guys. So without further ado, let's bro until we can't bro no more. Oh, bro, gutter bro. old bro. <laughs> Heavy
3: metal bro.
1: Gutter <laughs> <laughs> old bro.
3: It, like, come on, we've we got so much shade to get through. We can't start just constantly broing every two minutes. Yeah, we're going to
1: have to keep our, save our is for like the most optimum. But also, we absolutely can. Bro. Oh yeah, bro. we can do whatever the fuck you want. Bro. It's our show, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: are they going to do, fire us? Uh, so, I'll kick things off. My book at Lake Russo is going to be the aftermath of the infamous AEW botched explosion at the Revolution pay-per-view. Now I think most people listening to this will know what happened because it was a pretty big story at the time but basically AEW booked this match with John Moxley and Kenny Omega to headline the Revolution pay-per-view and it was set inside an exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Now just to just to proceed things i, I just want to get it out of the way that this was a fucking excellent match um like i really enjoyed it in fact revolution was a great show and everyone yeah. should go and check it out if you haven't honest to god like um <laughs> i swear to god bro uh, i swear to god but it, it was one of the best wrestling shows i've seen in quite a while so it's worth a watch but anyway after the match, there was meant to there was basically meant to be this big explosion. The actual ring was meant to explode um, as scheduled by a timer that was on the big screen. Kenny Omega and his cronies they they'd beaten down John Moxley in the middle of the ring, leaving him laying, defenceless, right in the path of this big epic explosion that was meant to happen. Eddie Kingston, a guy who John Moxley used to be used to be best friends with, but he's been feuding with for a while. He runs down to the ring to sacrifice himself to save John Moxley. He covers John Moxley's unconscious body and waits for the explosions to go off. And like, up until that point, just fucking excellent storytelling. But then the much anticipated explosion went off. And I say explosion, but what it actually was was a few kind of farting pyros and some half-ass sparklers. Overall, it probably added up to about 25% of the pyro use for Cody Rhodes' entrance. It was a fucking, <laughs> it's true. It's it was true. a fucking massive flop. And uh, the saddest thing was that Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, they had to sell the massive explosion like it actually happened. So clearly something went wrong and it was disappointing and, and kind of funny um, to, to an end to what, what was a pretty good pro wrestling show. But despite that, AEW, they played it well. They they blamed the the shitty explosions on Kenny Omega's poor engineering, which made sense because there were segments in the build-up to the show where Kenny Omega was building the bomb. As for Eddie Kingston, he said that he froze because of the intense pressure of the moment. uh, Anxiety, basically, which, again, does make sense. So, AEW... They didn't shy away from it. They realised that it was a total fucking dud, but they addressed it and moved on like professionals, never really mentioning it again. I'd imagine if this was WWE, they'd pretend like nothing was wrong and just gaslight fans into thinking that it really was a huge explosion or like Photoshop in some fire emojis over the replay or something. I don't know. <laughs> but how would Vince Russo book it? How would Russo book the aftermath of this dud explosion? My friends... That's what we're about to find out as I, Bryce of Making Kayfabe, book it like Russo. Do it, bro.
0: Do it like Russo, bro.
2: So, Tony Khan, he's in bits. You know, it's happened to plenty of promoters in the past, but it hasn't happened to him until now. He's promised something big, and unfortunately, he's not delivered. You know, he's scrolling through Twitter after the show, reading tweet after tweet after tweet, criticizing AEW, those stupid marks, calling it the worst promotion ever, and he just can't take it anymore. So he throws his phone across the room. Fucking marks! He says, but but the but the guy's in a hole. You know how how did he how does he get out of this? How does he explain what just happened with the lack of explosions? You know, he's been a promoter for less than two years, so he's not best equipped to deal with such a situation. So. He starts to brainstorm, but he can't come up with any ideas. He's stumped. He calls his VPs, Omega, Rhodes, Jackson and Jackson. They've got no idea either. He's one second away from calling the Making k podcast and asking them what he does next. But then he stops. He thinks, there's got to be something I'm missing here. What do all the great wrestling promoters have in common? Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, Dixie Carter... There's gotta be something Ooh,
3: that the links great of Ohio. on, wait, wait, is it that they're all called Vince?
1: <laughs> the Great <Hang> on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> great great rest promoters like Dixie Carter. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. So oh, Dixie Carter is a stage
2: yeah. name. Her real name is Vince. Vince <laughs> Rizar. <Reserve. laughs> that's, that's true. You're, you're not actually so far off. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like that, the answer comes to him. With one solitary tear running down an anguished expression on his face, he says, By God, I've got to hire Vince fucking Russo. God damn Suffice to say, Vince Russo, he jumps in a plane and and he's at the following week's Dynamite tapings. So, in a backstage booking meeting, Russo says to Tony Khan, Bro... You're stressing yourself out too much. Like, look at you. You've built one hell of a successful wrestling company. And this is the first thing to really go wrong. How about you go on holiday for a while, bro? Let me take the wheel for a while. It will be fine. Yeah. Tony can. he agrees. And he goes on vacation, leaving Vince Russo in charge of AEW. And Vince Russo, he gets right to work. So on the first episode of dynamite he's going to book Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and an exploding barbed wire death match but here's the thing the bombs they're not going to go off again so <laughs> next wait, wait, wait hold on hold on next week Russo, he books the same thing moxley <laughs> omega exploding barbed wire death match no explosions again AEW, they've now promoted big explosions for three weeks in a row, and they failed to do so. And meanwhile, Russo's thinking this is great TV. He's intentionally <laughs> doing this. He's intentionally not setting off these explosions. Bro, these marks are going to be tuning in to find out when these bombs are going to go off. Mm. In reality, of course, AEW is going to be losing viewers by the thousands. Yeah. <laughs> and Russo, he sees the ratings go down, so he panics and he starts to improvise. He's going to keep these weekly, non-exploding, exploding barbed wire death matches, but he's got a trick up his sleeve. He's got a good old Russo swerve coming right up. Bro, Russo is going to call up an old friend. He's going to get on the phone to Brian Clark, a wrestler well known for his appearances in the WWF and WCW under a plethora of gimmicks. He used his real name as part of a WCW tag team called Chronic, who won the Wrestling Observer Awards for Worst Tag Team in the year 2000 and 2001, by the way. He wrestled under the name Raph for a period of time, but crucially, crucially, gentlemen, between 1993 and 1995, he wrestled under the name Adam Bomb. So maybe he knows a thing or two about you know, Adam Bomb.
0: Oh, I, that. Oh, I he, think I got surprised.
2: it.
1: He loves his wordplay, Bryce. Uh, I love
2: it. Always playing with words.
3: But... Look, it was the do-so and russo. Like, <laughs> this, uh, brilliant. Poetry.
2: Poetry. Mm. Poetry. <laughs> the next week, Adam Bomb comes out and he promises the fans that he will live up to his name and he will provide bombs in the main event of the show. <laughs> so again... <laughs> We have it, slick Moxley, Omega, exploding barbed wire death match. And the match goes 29 minutes with Adam Bomb at ringside holding one of those kind of push down detonators, <laughs> 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 and on the 30th minute, he pushes on the detonator, and fucking hell, nothing happens. Oh. The crowd, oh they boo. The internet, they tweet. Austin Gunn, he's in the front row marking out for no reason. The whole situation is harsh. (laughs) And Russo, he panics again and he pulls another trick from his sleeve. He sends out his new wrestling faction, which he calls the Bomb Recovery Operation, the acronym for which is, of course, BRO, bro. And they frantically (laughs) try to recover the bomb so it explodes. Adam Bomb, he walks away. You know, he he actually walked away from wrestling years ago, and and right now he's remembering why he did it. The bomb (laughs) recovery operation, they 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 try and fail to recover the bomb. AEW Dynamite goes off the air once again, explosionless. So, at this stage in real life, Kenny Omega, he's had enough. You know, he says that he's leaving and he's not coming back until Vince fucking Russo is out of here. And Russo says to him, you know, you can do what you want. He cannot show up, but he is contractually obligated to defend his AEW title, whether he likes it or not. And the next title defense is going to be a double or nothing. And if Omega doesn't show up, Russell is going to sue the shit out of him, bro. <laughs> Russell's going to say, Kenny Omega, do you know what you need to be in this wrestling business to have true success? You need to be a shark, bro. And you ain't a shark. You're a freaking goldfish, bro. Don't come at me with that weak shit. So Omega fucks off for a while. Double or nothing, it's not for a few weeks yet. And while Omega's away, he captures the Impact World Championship, the AAA Omega Championship, and the IWGP Championship because he's a belt collector. Uh, and that's what belt collectors do. See David Arquette.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> In the meantime, Russo is just wreaking havoc left, right, and center on AEW Dynamite. This is to the extent where Tony Khan has to come back from his holiday because Russo is just making the biggest mess of his company. He's ready to fire Russo, but Russo's all like, bro, you got to give me one more shot. One more shot to make you more money than you've ever made in your life. Bro, I've got an idea that'll work. And if it doesn't, my name's not Vincent Russo. <laughs> and so he pitches a match for the AEW Double or Nothing 2021 main event. He pitches a match that features Omega and Moxley, an exploding ring and barbed wire ropes. And immediately Tony Khan's all like, fucking wait a minute, I've seen this before. But Russo's all like, bro, no bro, 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 bro. You gotta listen to me, bro. Or I swear to God, you'll regret it, bro. So Russo describes the match a little more. So yeah, this is going to be Omega defending his AEW title against John Moxley. Also... He'll be defending the Impact, AAA, and New Japan World Championships. And there will be bombs in this match. But, you know, these bombs, they they keep failing to go off, so we need something that just fucking ensures that the bombs are going to go off this time. So you know what we're going to do, bro? We're going to put that bomb on a pole. But let Mm -hmm. me tell you something. This isn't an ordinary bomb in a pole match. First off, there's gonna be a bomb and a pole for every corner of the ring. That's right, bro. Four bombs. And in this match, if you get pinned or submitted, you gotta climb those turnbuckles and you gotta detonate those bombs on yourself, bro. What? <laughs> the wrestlers are gonna blow themselves up, bro. That's genius. And they're gonna do this four times because this ain't this match ain't gonna end until all four bombs have been detonated. You hear me? But you know what bro, this is bigger than a bomb and a pole match. This is the double or nothing main event bro, so we gotta go bigger, we gotta go the fuck home. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make this match inside a steel cage. And we're gonna electrify that cage bro, which is gonna send a pulse of electricity around that cage every 60 seconds bro. And if that ain't enough, should a wrestler try to scale the cage and escape within those 60 seconds? Well, bro, they're gonna have to jump over a freaking shark tank. <laughs> nice! <throw>. <laughs> yes!
1: Yes! <laughs>
3: this is classic. And this is this feels like a lot like classic New Japan. Not Well, it's not New Japan. What's the, the promotion in Japan uh, that just does all the crazy the you,
2: stuff? The one who initiated DDT. the the, the fall Yeah, it's DDT, this is DDT yeah. booking. Yeah. I like it. And does this match have a name? Of course it fucking does. It We're going to call it the Exploding Barbed Wire Rope, Bomb on a Pole, Electrified Cage, Shark Tank match, bro. So, catch it, catch it. Let, me, let me just run down the rules for this match in case yeah, you please, missed all please, of Please,
1: because I so. was a little confused there, but please, run me, me,
2: through me the rules, please. Here's a here's very simple rules for the match. So, bombs are on a pole, four of them. Mm-hmm. If you are pinned or submitted, you've got to climb the ropes and detonate one of those bombs. The ropes are made of barbed wire. There's a cage, which is electrified every 60 seconds. And there's a shark tank outside the ring. Winner gets just all the belts. All the belts. Every belt. So we get to double or nothing. Kenny Omega's back. John Moxley is ready for this match. You know, he he loves a good exploding barbed wire rope bomb in a pole electrified cage shark tank match. (laughs) He used to have them in CZW all the time. So the show starts. And immediately, there's a problem. Because this is a Russo booking, they couldn't actually get sharks to fill the shark tank that surrounded the electrified cage. So, somebody fucked up big time somewhere. They had eight sharks booked, and now they're eight sharks down. So, Tony Khan is obviously freaking the fuck out. He can't deliver another flop like this. It will ruin AEW. But thankfully, Russo, he knows a guy who knows a guy. Mm -hmm. And that guy knows a guy who happens to know a guy who knows a shark, mm-hmm. and it's a complete stroke of luck. But somehow they managed to get Shark Boy on a plane yes. and into Jacksonville, Florida. Bravo! It gets better. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> we're not even we don't even started yet. It's not quite Shark Tanks. It's Shark Boy. So Vince Russo, he's going to make it up to Tony Khan. He says that to replace the interest of having a shark tanks around the ring, instead he, Vince Russo, will special guest referee the match. It's all about those ratings, bro, and, and this match really needed a little something extra to really sell it, you know? It was just too plain and boring before. So we get to the pay-per-view. It's double or nothing. It's Kenny Omega, it's John Moxley, it's the AEW, Impact, Triple A, and NJPW heavyweight titles. It's an exploding barbed wire ropes bomb on a pole, electrify cage, shark boy match, which has Vince <laughs> Russell so as a special guest referee. <laughs> so the match starts, and immediately Kenny Omega tries to escape from the cage so that he can keep his titles and not have to wrestle John Moxley. But John Moxley, he grabs Omega's leg and Omega hangs onto the cage for approximately 55 seconds and then Mox lets go and the electrified cage shocks Kenny Omega. The lights of the arena turn a gimmicky shade of blue and fake steam shoots out of the top of the cage like a boiling kettle. Omega falls to the mat and Mox pins him with Russo counting the 1-2-3 meaning that Kenny Omega must climb a turnbuckle and detonate a bomb. So once Omega comes to, he climbs the turnbuckle. But oh no, he unhooks the bomb and throws it at Moxley. But Moxley deflects it right into the path of Vince Russo. It explodes, and bro, we've got a freaking ref bump here. Taking advantage of the ref bump, Omega gives Mox a low blow and throws him back first into the barbed wire ropes that surround the ring within the cage. But while Mox is selling, his back is resting against the cage and. It electrifies him and oh my god, steam shoots out unexplainably from the announcer's desk as Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur wonder what the fuck is going on here. Kenny Omega notices that Mox is down and that the case timer is reset, so he takes this this opportunity to try and escape the cage again. He must retain his titles. He gets to the top of the cage and starts to scale down to the bottom of the other side, but all of a sudden, Shark Boy appears. It's Shark Boy, and he's got a steel chair. Sharkboy warns Omega that if he climbs any further and escapes this cage, he's got a can of whipass coming his way, and that's a fishing line, because Sharkboy said so. <laughs> Omega is frantic. He begrudgingly gets back into the cage where Mox is waiting for him. Omega goes to the V-Trigger, but Mox dodges it. Paradigm shift. No, Omega escapes, rolls up Moxley. Vince Russo has been revived. One, two, three. Mox must now detonate another one of the bombs on a pole. And of course, Mox is a clean cut baby face, so he's going to climb those turnbuckles and he will detonate that bomb on himself. And he does so. It explodes, repelling him backwards. Now Omega, he's sure that he's got this match in the bag. He, he once again goes to cover Moxley, but oh no, Vince Russo, he's got a bag of powder and he throws it in the face of Omega. Omega can't see. He's clawing frantically at his eyes. And now Vince Russo's got a microphone in his hand and he calls to the backstage technicians Turn off the cage, bro. Turn off the cage, bro. And all of a sudden we hear a kind of, you know, sound as the cage de electrifies. And now Shark Boy is scaling the cage. Shark Boy enters the ring. Kenny Omega is still trying to clear the powder from his eyes. Moxley, he's stirring after detonating bomb number two. And the announcers are questioning why is Shark Boy in the ring? And why is Steam shooting from their announce desk? One of the questions <laughs> about to be answered. Shark Boy, he grabs bomb three. Vince Russo, he grabs bomb four, and they hurl the bombs at Mox and Omega. They explode. <laughs> and Shark Boy wastes no time in covering Kenny Omega as Vince Russo counts the one. 2, 3, and now the match is over. Vince Russo calls for the bell as Justin Roberts announces Sharkboy as the winner of the double or nothing main event. And the doors of the electrified cage open, allowing Vince Russo and Sharkboy to exit the cage, Sharkboy collects his newly won championships and holds them high above his head, with Vince Russo smiling maniacally like a Cheshire cat. Was this... Just an elaborate plot with the intention of making Shark Boy the AEW World Champion, the Impact World Champion, the AAA Champion, and the IWGP Heavyweight Champion made you fucking bet it was. It was a classic Vince Russo swerve that you never saw coming, bro. Shark Boy and Vince Russo, they escape the building, running past Tony Khan, carrying all the championships, and then they go on to form their own breakaway wrestling promotion called the Super Shark League, where only sharks are allowed to wrestle for championships. Mm-hmm. In conclusion, Sharkboy wins every title in a completely overbooked, overhyped mess. And that's how I'd rebook this whole AEW Exploding Ring fiasco. Shell yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, the Shark Boy thing, with the Shark Cage, when you mentioned the Shark Cage, I thought, the Shark, obviously I'm going to pop with the Shark Cage. But <laughs> then I, I thought, you know, I know my friend Bryce, he likes himself a little bit of Boy. Could we see some Shark Boy? And then not only did you include shark boy you had shark boy swerve everyone and win the fucking match
2: it's about I time it's about time mm-hmm. shark boy yeah. was world champion four times at the same time you know <laughs> that
1: once
3: yeah <laughs> uh, so hold on how many belts does shark boy now hold
2: uh four he's got the AEW, the impact the triple and the new japan
3: in a new promotion where he can fight only sharks yes yes
2: the Super real shark league, yes.
3: Real yes. sharks or yes. sharks like him?
1: The street sharks, as well.
2: <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> street sharks, street sharks.
3: <laughs> they come in on their roller skates, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the biker mice from Mars try and form a faction, but they get but they're like, not allowed in, they're legit, like, just turfed out.
2: they are no sharks. Oh, Is Russo real. like part shark? I mean, he's, he's not, but he's a manager, so he doesn't compete. So right. he doesn't have to be a shark. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do whatever he wants. But, I mean, you could get people involved, like, uh, you know, Paul Great White. Um, you know, that that could, that could work <laughs> Jesus. out. Could a shark. Uh, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I didn't even have that written down. That's just totally off my head, boys. Oh. You know, I, 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 This storyline is, is, is my absolute um, pinnacle of my booking. So I want to yeah. be
3: the fly on the wall when Tony Khan meets Russo for the first time. Yeah. Like I want to be in that room. I want to see what hmm. happens. I wonder if Tony Khan would even shake his hand.
2: I don't know because he always uh, he's, he's always talking about E.W. and like doing them dirty, isn't he? Saying how yeah. it's this terrible booking, etc. So yeah, I don't he's think He's also they convinced,
3: convinced that A.W. and W.W.E. like
2: are working shoot, together. Shoot
3: work together, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> it's ridiculous. Girlfins,
3: you lovable rogue.
2: Uh, what's he like? I wasn't mad
3: like? at him at any point during your booking. It was just it all felt like the natural conclusion of what Vince Russo would do.
2: Yeah, the like, Shark Boy and have all those titles. Yeah,
3: makes sense. Like, okay, book the book the same match over and over again, keep the ending the same. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, and then the crowd, yes. are, the, the fans are going to want to tune in for more, bro. And that's how you get them. That, that's how you book. That's how you book wrestling, bro. So if you liked that, well. We've got two more epic Russell rebookings coming.
0: Roll, 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 roll.
2: Now we're going to move on to Tyler's Book It Like Russell, which, as I mentioned, is going to be a play, I guess, but. Tyler, please put our audience's mind at rest. You, so, you legitimately do have experience in this kind of stuff, right?
3: So, so yeah, I mean, like, I come from a theatre background and uh, I watch wrestling for the art. You know, I'm one of the few people, I'm not there for the the, the violence and the fisticuffs. I'm there for the true, the true art of it all. So I, I, I got asked about doing this book at like Russo during WrestleMania weekend. And as an artist... I find it's easiest to do these kind of creative processes if I really just try and absorb who I'm trying to embody. So I, I spent a long time just being Vince Russo, watching WrestleMania, um, mainly sitting in my pants and, you know, uh, stroking my one year sobriety pill, um, that, like a little, little coin, I got a little coin, and, uh, <laughs> and just kind of thinking like Russo. And I've, I've, I've written a script, because I, I realized something that I'm trying, I was trying to ask myself a deep philosophical question with what I could do with Book It Like Russo. And I'm, I think I'm trying to find the truth of wrestling. Like,
2: <laughs> it's true.
3: like what, what is the truth of professional wrestling? And I kind of wrestled, I, I wrestled with that. Que- ironically, I wrestled with that question uh, quite a lot during the creation of this. So to answer all your questions, I've written a script that I've shared with you guys it's the first time you've seen this script um, I yep. don't know if I would describe it as a play um, I think I would probably describe it as kind of some abstract version of a play but I have okay. written a preface uh, in the script that hopefully will explain to the listeners what's going on so uh, you're going to be as uh, so a Bryce you're going to be cast as Vince McMahon
0: nice yeah so okay. your
3: best Vince McMahon impression please you fire. far perfect it's excellent and uh dylan you're going to be russo bro very good it's excellent so the casting is spot on as you can tell um <laughs> now the script is called vince on vince but i have referred to vince as vince mcmahon and russo as vince russo so it's not to complicate things i think hmm. it would just get a bit messy but shall we start shall we read Vince on Vince, A mm-hmm. bucket Like Russo by Tyler Mortimer.
0: Do it like Russo, bro!
3: Vince on Vince, A bucket Like Russo by Tyler Mortimer. Act 1. Prologue. Welcome, dear listener, to the beginning of our story. It probably feels weird at first hearing yourself so openly referred to. Well, dear listener, as you most likely already know, wrestling so often ignores breaking the fourth wall. Modern pro wrestling products don't really care about your position in all of this. Well, unless you're there, live, and and not behind some screen, or... Anyway, that's not the point. Let's for a moment move past that and actually acknowledge your role in this story. Yes, it's, it's true, you play a part in this. Without you, dear listener, the story doesn't exist. This story doesn't function. Not without you. Without you, we wouldn't need a fourth wall. No, we need you to be live, here, when it happens. Otherwise, what would we even have when it comes to the shine or or even the swerve at the end? No, we need you, Marks. Because like the writer of this piece, who is currently typing over his iPad and drinking a bang energy drink at 32 year old, thinking, are these heart palpitations normal? And maintaining eye contact with his dog in some vain attempt to get inside the mind of an animal. A pro wrestling Vince mindset. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. uh, Sorry. (laughs) I mean, um, I mean, uh, I suppose what I'm saying or, or what I'm trying to say is put down your tinfoil lucha mask for just a second. A second. Just a second. Because I'm also a mark. And until now, I had not figured out the actual truth of pro wrestling 32 years old and i'm yet to fully grasp what makes this fiction-based fighting we love to digest into our daily lexicon well real what is wrestling's actual truth and how can we tell it live as it happens well dear listener the truth in wrestling is where it has always been in the lines of a script, maybe this script. So if I was going to be able to tell you the truth of this story, get to the meaty bits you all want to hear, it would have to be in a script. A script you're hearing for the first time, dear listener. A script you would have to know is a script being read for the first time in order for you to know its truth, because it's a scripted truth that only a true Mark could really believe. (laughs) could really embrace a brass ring made of imagination that we as wrestling fans reach out to as a route out of this boring, less fighty reality and into the truth, or at least some worked version of it. A work-shoot sense of belonging that is entirely made up, but also has some true bits, believable bits, bits you relate to, some newly discovered part of the wrestling canon except from a parallel universe, a divergent timeline perhaps, that we've never really heard until now. That we all heard live, together, for the first time, a pay-per-view of Collective Conscious via podcast. And why, dear listener, should I be the one who writes it? Well dear listener, my answer is simple, why shouldn't I? Maybe it's time, here, now, the real God's honest shoot truth of professional wrestling. Why don't we get together, reach out collectively for that brilliant brass ring and make some kayfabe? So join me, if you will, for Vince on Vince, a story of two Vinces vincing their way through the weird world of (laughs) professional wrestling like only two vindicated, violent, yet volatile young Vinces could dream of vincing. A play, in three acts, performed on a fictional stage by two podcast hosts who've never really read the play before. Shall we begin?
1: Yeah!
3: Yeah!
2: That was beautiful. That
1: was beautiful. I I love it already. (laughs) I'm looking forward to this, man. Oh, man.
3: (laughs) Scene one. The scene opens on a stage. There are two chairs. One is grand, freshly shined leather and gold. It's a throne. Next to it is a table. It has a beautiful, decorative, water decanting vase thing and a handheld mirror. The other chair is just a metal folding chair. It doesn't look gimmicked in any way. Next to it is a bag of cocaine and a rolled-up Shane McMahon commemorative dollar-dollar bill this is not important to the story but is a very ironic use for such an Mm. item. Beside and around them is a set of giant red curtains. In front of them, an audience of redneck fedora wearers and sweaty ass neck beards wearing their favorite mo- merch from that indie promotion they like, the one that they secretly thinks make them look edgy or cool. Cause like Dave Meltzer only gave it a one star, but that's cause like <laughs> he didn't understand the deep subtext of Zandig's ultra violent Anthony Burgess-esque performative-esque bloodletting as a deep dive reference into the general suffering of those displaced by war. Or something. <laughs> Some of the audience are just drinking and having a barbecue. Some are being asked to cover t- the t-shirts that we just mentioned with leftover her Business merch. Something <laughs> still real to them, damn it. The lights in the theatre drop, leaving the two chairs the only thing visible. A small boy dressed in a weird cult-like robe makes an Illuminati hand symbol and then lights a blood-red candle. And begins singing a soft a cappella version of the No Chance theme. Pyro. The two Vince's enter. They seem friendly, even enjoying each other's presence. McMahon jokingly sits in the metal chair before looking at Russo and laughing knowingly, and then taking his rightful place in the much less cocainey chair. Russo, who has not even acknowledged the audience and is already nervously eyeing the bag of white powder, sits dutifully in his metal chair. Russo and Vincent Kennedy McMahon look at each other
0: and then the audience. Well, I suppose if we're going to do this right, then we have to start at the beginning. It was a Monday night after WrestleMania 30 or something.
3: A loud snorting noise can be heard, followed by... Bro. Vince looks angry at the intuition, but gestures for Russo to continue. Russo sits straight, as if a handful of coke has just hit the front of his brain. He is like a balloon, and the air was like ideas. Vince Russo is ready.
1: He is inflated. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, if there's one thing you haven't quite mastered yet, bro, it's storytelling, bro. I got this, bro. Anyway, bro, it was the night after WrestleMania, and like most Mondays, I'd woken up naked, bro, smelling of Jack Daniels mixed with White Claw and JBL's deodorant. And yeah, bro, like I said, I'm naked naked to <laughs> Jim Cornette's wife. Like most Mondays, Jim is sleeping in his <laughs> usual chair. He's passed out after a night. Uh, he's passed out after a night of peppermint snaps speedballs, and searching his own name on Twitter. That is, his, his trouser pal is hanging loose around his neck. And bro, he is holding a signed 8 by 9 picture of Nick Jackson over his seemingly exposed crotch. And bro, bro, I shit you not, bro. My phone rings and I'm like, bro. Russo's phone rings.
3: He holds it up to the audience. The following plays out of the speaker. <laughs>
0: Hello? (laughs) This is Vince McMahon, chairman of the WWE. God damn it, am I on? Hello? And then I'm like, bro. Look, I'll (laughs) cut through the shit, Russo. The ratings are well down. And, well, I was thinking about how last time we, uh... Bro? And, yeah, and there was that time you had some great ideas and... I'll do it! But you know what you have to do, bro. You know what I want. Look, Russo, I know what you want. Well, while I am agreeable, surely there's another way.
1: Tonight, bro.
3: Wait, what? See you in Raw. Russo hangs up his phone. That's when I sent that tweet. A small screen to the rear of them descends from the theater rafters. All the lights dim except that of Vince Russo's screen, which uplights his face, giving him that it's weird that I'm like supposed to be 16 to 18, yet I'm still babysitting all you like eight year olds and telling you stories around a campfire vibe. As he composes his tweet, we see this on screen. He takes a deep breath and he begins.
1: Bro. Bro, happy Wrestlemania, Marks, bro. I will see you tomorrow, live on Raw. I'm going to make at Vince McMahon kiss my ass and give me my job back. Hashtag Megan History. Hashtag bro.
3: <laughs> Seconds later, we see the at Wrestling Observer Twitter comment a single question mark, then a wild storm of retweets, love hearts, and constant noise of notification. Russo laughs maniacally over his uplit phone.
2: All lights to black. Top evil laugh. Top evil laugh.
3: Perfect. Act Two Rebirth. It's the opening of Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania. And let it be said here and now that Vince Russo can pop a rating. Viewership is at its highest it's been in years. The global mark community is waiting with bright red faces behind TV screens the world over, their wrestle dicks firmly in hand, waiting (laughs) eagerly to pop over the next few hours of Raw.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) That to me. (laughs) But But we won't have to wait that long, dear listener, as the opening shot of Raw is much the same as WrestleMania night one. Vince stands one hand in his pocket, Mike in the other the locker room poured out on the stage behind him the audience in attendance applaud his appearance
0: dutifully and he speaks ladies and gentlemen welcome to monday night Raw. last night we made history at wrestlemania and as we welcome back you the wwe universe after a year of challenges and the changes the one thing that has remained constant is you But the same cannot be said about the WWE product. The world has changed in ways that will never be the same again. And his voice begins to crack. And I must change with it. I must acknowledge that it's time for me to move on. It's time to... The Titantron screen flickers into
3: life. We see Russo with Mike in hand. The locker room are completely unaware of what's going on and Vince looks visibly shaken.
1: Whoa, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Not yet, Vince. Not yet. You started at the wrong point there, bro. Tell them.
3: By this point, Triple H, who clearly has no idea what's going on has found a live mic and started shouting what are you doing russo this is my
0: show or something that is a perfect triple h by the way <laughs> thanks <laughs> hunter hunter it's okay he, he's right ladies and gentlemen tonight i will be making an announcement about the future of wwe something that i have thought about for a long time
3: He drops a mic and walks past the locker room without making eye contact with any of the clearly confused wrestlers. Triple H stands looking at Russo on the screen. It's a mixture of of confusion and anger, or what Stephanie would call his marriage face. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to later in the night, after a very badly booked or normal Mm roar, Vince Russo has made his way to the ring. He has a live mic. The fans in attendance boo. Russo waits. He eventually speaks.
1: Bros, bros, I know, I know, I know. These last few years, man, these last few years you've been watching as Vince has given raw up to the PG marketing machine and the corporate enterprises. You've watched him pluck out and sell all the joy that was professional wrestling, bro, sold it for capitalist interests and lucrative cash grabbing. But bro, here you are. Watching this barely watchable product. (laughs) Bro, at least whenever I ran the ship, whenever I stood up to the competition, that ship was firing its cannons, not sinking under the weight of a bad captain. Wrestlers thrived under me. Ratings popped. And now, finally, Vince wants to jump ship. He wants out. So yesterday, bro, Vince calls me. He says, I got some good ideas. He wants me to run this place again. I know, bro. I know. He called me to once again reignite the passion in this place. Well, you know what, Vince? I do have good ideas, but I told you what I want. The tweet is
3: shown on screen and the fans are up in booze and cheers. Russo drops his pants and waits.
1: (laughs) Fuck her up, bro.
3: Vince's music hits and he walks to the ramp.
0: Russo, Russo, you're right. We need you back. After all my life working for this company, I realized something. No matter how hard I try, I can't do what you do. I haven't got your skill set, and that I've been trying for years now. No, I need you to finally sink this company. (laughs) To finally make a product as bad as you did with WCW, and I can't do it by myself. Damn it, I tried.
3: Silence falls
0: over the crowd. Bro? That's right. You think I called you here to save WWE? You? No, Russo. I want you to kill it for me. Show these people, these mindless sheep, the pockets holding my money, just how bad you can be. You killed WCW, right? Surely, it's fitting you finally killed this product too. And if I can't kill it myself, then Russo, I have no choice. I hand you... The keys to the kingdom. Okay, Vince.
1: But you got to do one thing first. Right here, right now, you got to kiss my ass, bro. (laughs) Live in front of everybody. But know this, Vince. I'm not going to kill the WWE. I'm going to save it. I'm going to make this product great again and redeem myself in the process. And if you don't kiss my ass right now, I'm going to do something you never saw coming. You see... You see, what we know is that this, this business is already done. I've signed the contract. As of next week, Russo runs raw. But for one small thing, to make it legit, you gotta come down here and pucker up. The crowd don't
3: know what to do. Some chant, kiss his ass, others boo. Some mumble under their breath, confused by what is taking place. Vince slowly drags his feet to the ring. What plays out next is that classic bit where it looks like Vince will kiss his ass,
0: but ultimately, he doesn't. I don't care. I won't do it, Russo. Do you know who I am? I'm Vince McMahon, damn it! I will never kiss your ass. Oh, you will, bro. Perhaps you didn't read the contract. If you don't
1: kiss my ass, I get a match with you. A match <laughs> which will finally save WWE from you drowning it up. If you don't kiss my ass right now, then next week we're having a WWE on a pole match. Vince (laughs) does that bit where he
3: looks all shocked and butthurt. The crowd erupts with feelings, new feelings or old feelings long since forgotten. One member of the crowd starts shouting, this is it. This is the end. All worlds end here. We have become forsaken and those who have risen against us now rue the sum of our collective humanity
1: (laughs) or something. Oh, but wait, Vince, bro, there's more. You should know something, bro. I came here, bro, to save the WWE and also to redeem myself, bro. So I've been talking to some friends. If I can win this match, which I will, bro, I get controlling interest over the WWE. And you're right, Vince, I can't run this thing. It would be dead within a week. So when I win, bro, I'm going to sell
3: WWE to this, bro. Cut to the Titantron. The live feed shows Tony Khan scrambling for a headset. His voice is excited, his eyes electric. He says, I didn't want it to do it this way, but I'm ready Vince, I'm ready to buy it. I've already got the paperwork ready to go.
1: That's also a great Tony Khan, by the way. Thanks man. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) So Vince, bro, you're going to kiss my ass right here or are you going to go down swinging? The
3: WWE logo appears on screen and the feed fades to black on Vince Russo and Vince staring at each other and Tony Khan eagerly awaiting to hear if the fight is going to go ahead. Act free Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> we join Vince and Vince back on stage in their chairs. The audience
0: are lurched forward with their mouths open in shock. That's when something weird happened. Sports entertainment dominated the news, media outlets other than Fox, and celebrities tweeting and interviewing everyone and anyone. Pro Wrestling was finally back, and everyone wanted to know, when are we going to fight?
1: Everyone wanted to know if I could win, bro. And if it it was even possible, I could sell it to Tony, bro. Was this a work? Was it a shoot? Was it real?
3: The next part, dear listener, is your part. Like I said at the beginning, you have a role in this. I need you to now collectively imagine the next bit as if it were true. This is the bit you see that a script can't really tell you. This is the bit where words don't really work in professional wrestling. This is the dance, the fisticuff ballet of violence. This is the lie of the square and the truth of the circle. This is your bit. This is where the making of the kayfabe is up to you. (laughs) Scene three. We open on a wrestling ring in an empty arena. Projected onto the canvas are the words, then, now, forever. There are no screens or frills. There's no crowd, no music, just Vince and Vince. Oh, and Tony Khan who watches from ringside with a contract in hand. In the book Theatre and Violence by Lucy Nevitt, the author describes WWE as the as the extremity and absolute clarity of violence. The next thirty minutes of uninterrupted viewing is exactly that. Both men bleeding within the first three minutes of the match, both (laughs) Ninces seemingly swapping control over and over, no clear winner emerging, no weakness, no cheating. Just the will and strength of two Vinces vincing their way through the weird world of professional wrestling. (laughs) Tony Khan looks on from ringside, his eyes welling with tears at the sight of the sheer mastery and absolute clarity of violence. Dear listener, I cannot write the next bit. Not the truth of it. So I ask you now to do your bit, your part. I need you to imagine the truth of what happened in that ring on that day i need you to see past the subtext of my writing and engage in the act because i can only write this what unfolded was truly the greatest professional wrestling match of all time (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately a free count happens a prone vince lies beaten in the center of the ring tony khan has thrown russo over vince for the cover The bell rings, the announcement is made. The winner of this match is Vince Russo. (gasps) As Russo rolls his barely mobile body from on top of Vince, Tony celebrates as both contenders realize the gravity of what has happened. Russo barely stands to raise his arm. Tony grabs it and raises it for him, to no sound from the crowd. The silence, it's deafening. It's then we hear the sobbing. Vince has made his way to the corner, his head in his hands, obscuring his face. He wails like an animal, like my dog wails over the loss of a fresh tennis ball. (laughs) He appears broken as Russo climbs the pole to retrieve the WWE. (laughs) Tony, a soft snowflake millennial type, looks at the broken Vince in the corner and he doesn't so much celebrate as much as pity him. Silently, he stands in the middle of the ring and claps for both competitors as Russo slowly looks to hand over the WWE to Tony. The sobbing, however, slowly turns to laughter. It's twisted and evil. Vince starts to pull chunks of his face that seemingly peel away flesh and bone. He's pulling at what appears to be a mask of his own face. Tony looks on in horror. Vince stands up to reveal that under his face is Vince Russo's face. Tony... <laughs> Tony turns to look at Russo, who has now started to remove his face to reveal that he is in fact Vince. Tony, (laughs) Vince and Vince standing in a ring. The ring announcer comes over the microphone. The winner of this match is Vince McMahon. The two Vinces circle Tony. In her book, Theatre and Violence, Lucy Nevitt describes WWE as the extremity and absolute clarity of violence. Act four, Vince-ception. We join the two Vinces on stage. They both stand to take bows as the audience erupts with approval. Well, except Jim Cornette, who's suffering from a brain aneurysm and slowly fading out on the floor in the middle aisle. I can't believe he turned up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they drink in their applause. After a few moments, they swap chairs. It was the greatest swerve of all time. two large red curtains fall the audience stands in ovation except Jim Cornette he struggles (laughs) to put you on the floor (laughs) the end I'm just glad that whole concept worked
1: <laughs> i love like, i love the 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 concept i love the idea of me and bryce reading this thing i had to be never read before that's <laughs> that is right up my street i had a blast with that
2: <laughs> i tell you what, tell you what, you what you i love like.
3: really well like beyond my <laughs> expectations i'm super happy with it
2: <laughs> thank you i like how Dylan definitely ad-libbed at least like 20 bros in that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <so> that's, that's <laughs> a sign Russell. of a good performer he knows the words to exactly. doing the work <laughs> Usually, feeling the character, you know. <laughs> I really got
1: it. Well, when you hear mine, you'll understand that I really got into the character of Vince Russo. And, uh, <laughs> because mine, well, well, we'll get to mine in a second, but let's congratulate Tyler for his wonderful, wonderful yes. play. Thank so
2: you. That was, uh, was incredible. I don't know what I was expecting, but that was incredible. That was, <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest web of all time. Of course. <laughs> the Vince section's web. One of the best things was you created a new verb. Uh, vincing,
1: vincing. <laughs> I, yes, I kept popping every time you use the word vincing.
2: I mean, usually like... three times. Two do Vinci's vincing vencing about.
3: <laughs> I feel like the audience should know that. Like I, when I when I talk about marks, man, like I am a mark. Like I, I wasn't taking the piss out of you guys. Like we're all in this together. We all have neckbeards. We all own a fedora. It's fine. We're cool.
2: <laughs> I've got at least three fedoras, so. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I got away three neckbeards. I just don't want people to be put off because. I referred to them as redneck hillbillies wearing indie merch. <laughs> you
2: know. We're all marks. Like. I think one of, my, one, of my, one of my favorite parts was the WWE in a pole match. Like, It's yes. about time somebody booked that match. Put the like, entire
1: WWE on a pole.
3: It was just, weird when it came to uh, Vince, Vince is climbing the pole to retrieve
1: the WWE. Like,
3: is that how you say it? The
2: whole company. <laughs>
1: is
2: that English? Yeah. <laughs> And like the, the biggest the biggest swerve ever, like Vince McMahon is Vince Russell and Vince Russell is Vince McMahon. How long has that been a thing? I was, been do, like-
3: <laughs> I was gonna do a post credits bit that after after the podcast we start talking again and you find out that um, Vince and Vince return to gorilla position and Vince and Vince are in gorilla position and they all start pointing to each other like that Spider-Man meme <laughs> <laughs> Swoggle climbs out of the stomach of one of the Vinces and says dad if you ever need me again I'll be in rehab and just walks out
1: <laughs> uh, well that's a good starting point for the next one <laughs> yeah, that's
0: it.
2: Book it later. Yeah, so free That's where we take off. <laughs> <Yeah>. Why
0: not,
2: <laughs> dude? That was excellent. That that was fucking excellent. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. That's just uh, everything I wanted and more. And now my voice hurts because I've been doing Vincent Man impressions. Mm. But <laughs> we've got one more Russo rebooking on routes, and it's going to be handled by our man Dylan. So. Dylan, I've still not got over Steve Austin in a pope hat from Buckethead Russo. Yeah. One, what have you got for us this time, bro?
1: Well, bros, brothers, my bros. Well, My brothers. Let me tell you exactly what I've got planned for you guys. There's uh, Vince Russo, of course, is very famous for saying the word bro. Mm. I don't know if you picked up on it, but we've actually been subconsciously like saying it. All, all, this whole show, we've been saying, bro. And if you go back and listen to it, you'll probably no. pick up on it. You probably now that you know that we mentioned it, you'll you'll listen to it again. You'll hear it. You'll oh, they do say bro a lot, and that's because Vince Riso <laughs> says bro a lot. But who else in, in the wrestling world says bro a lot? Perry Saturn. Correct. So today's episode. is <laughs> 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 Perry Saturn. About Perry Saturn. Uh, today's episode is going to be about Matt Riddle. Yeah. and oh, it's going to be I about the I not
3: noticed, it's, it's probably that subconscious fence thing you were talking
1: exactly. about exactly, you don't, you don't realise it and uh, now that I've said it by the way just keep, keep a little note of, of how many times bro comes up in this story
2: so <laughs> do you remember the, uh, the episode of South Park where they've got like a little counter in the bottom left of the screen that's whenever, every time they say shit yeah. but it's basically be like that, a little bro counter in the bottom of the screen
1: yes, if somebody could, could leave a, a comment and tell us how many times I say the word bro we very much appreciate it. Let me give you a little if, bit of...
2: Um, if, if somebody, tell you what, if somebody can count how many times we say bro in this entire episode, we will do any rebooking you want. Like, you name a rebooking, tell us how many bros we do, we've done, and we will rebook whatever the fuck you, you want to rebook. I
3: tell you what, right? if someone gets exactly the right amount of bros, because this means that you are going to have to go through the whole of the podcast and listen to it again and pick up on the word bro, bro and every time we say bro I will print the only copy of Vince on Vince, the script Mm. and I will send it to that person there you Uh, go, that's incentive up the ante
1: (laughs) up the ante, why not (laughs) what more can we do, I like how Bryce was like we'll rebook any storyline you want us to rebook, and I'm like I think you'll find Tyler has already booked the most epic storyline of Vince vs Vince. <laughs> the
2: second most epic storyline, yeah. Nobody yeah. else
1: is going to be able to come up with anything as there's good as more that. To, there's more to come. Vince vs <laughs> Vince 2. I got stories, bro. Excellent, excellent. Anyway. Um, until then, though, would you like to hear a little story about Vince Russo and Matt Riddle? I would. I would
2: love to hear a story about Vince Russo Matt Riddle. Like, see, see, when he pitched this to me and he just said, like, Matt Riddle, like that's... Fucking perfect he says bro Russo says bro what could go wrong so
1: yeah it might not be so perfect once you hear it but we'll save those opinions until the end of the show how about that do it like Russo bro so this very much like the last Russo episode that I wrote is written in the first person as Vince Russo amazing okay so I uh, shall I just do you want me to go for it
2: go for it man yeah let's I'm hear ready. dylan it's more like a, it's like a hangover from Tyler's script it's dylan as ventruso
1: yeah all right do i gotta do that voice
2: yeah <laughs> were you doing a voice i thought that was just your voice
1: <laughs> yeah well you know what voice did i do last time they really like the serious one go for it all right bro so after i came back from rehab all right bro then i went back into rehab now you're probably wondering why did I do the double rehab? And it's simple, bro. Who knows where all the best drugs are? The guy's in rehab. That's a fact, bro. <laughs> Look it up. So... <laughs> it it's so... started so well. <laughs> you've, you've peaked already. <laughs> Two so, in I was dabbling with some amphetamines. I was corked up on Charlie. I was pushing an elephant upstairs, <laughs> if you know what I mean, bro. And I know if you know what I mean. I was honking on Bobo, if you catch my drift. (laughs) Slurping on the old magic. I was was pouring liquid goodness into my pores and then sealing up the pores again with wax. It was a wild time. (laughs) A wild time. After after Pope Steve Austin made the WWE slash F approximately $7, possibly more, they thought... (laughs) I, they thought that I was gonna be up to no good, and they sent me to rehab, bro. Can you believe that? Ridiculous. Me? In rehab? Yeah, I love smoking up the dopes just as much as anybody, but it was the style at the time, bro. Don't you get it? I mean, I was really cashing in on the crawdaddies, if you know what I mean. And did I get any of that delicious royalty money from making fun of a major religion? You better believe I didn't, bro. Vince McMahon said about the whole thing, and I quote, he said, if you pay Vince Russo money, then he's just going to spend it on drugs because he thinks he's a big shot. And he's right, bro. I was injecting cocaine sandwiches like nobody's business. <laughs> I was... <laughs> 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 Sorry. I was unhinging my jaw like a snake and crawling around the floor and healing everything to came my way. I grant you, bro, this is not the most effective way to eat drugs. I just ended up eating a lot of insects. <laughs> <laughs> but you live and learn, bro. You live and learn. Anyway, so after I got a rehab again, I thought to myself, bro? And that's all I could think of really for a long time. Just is the word <laughs> bro, all right? So, let me tell you bro, eventually, whenever I regain my memory, I remembered a point where I hid that pirate treasure map that I acquired several years prior. <laughs> now this, this pirate bro, he swore to me that there was treasure buried at the site that this map leads to, but he was too old to go retrieve it himself. But he made me promise on uh, <laughs> he made me promise on his life, on his children's lives, on his wife, wife's life, that I would retrieve the treasure and see of the underwater world of Ostrophia. Now I gotta say bro... <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta tell you, bro, I thought this was all a load of bull sticky, you know what I'm saying? At the time, of course, now that I have my memory back because it wasn't clouding my mind with delicious, delicious drugs, now it all made total sense. So I thought, <laughs> hey, bro, let's go on an adventure, yeah? Yeah, alright, so I went back to my apartment to look for the treasure map, all right? So I'm driving back to my apartment, okay, bro? And then in my head, I'm like, hey, dude, I don't have an apartment. I live in a house with my wife and kids, okay, bro? And then I was like, oh, shit, dude, I've been in rehab for ages. I should probably check on them and see how they're doing, you know? But, but at that point, I was just talking to myself. So I, now I have to remember how to get back to my actual house. I'm wondering if my kids and my wife are even still there. How long was I in rehab? Are they all dead? Is this the future? <laughs> I mean, obviously, it is the future. But I mean, like, is it like 2027 20, or whatever? You, you, know, you know what I mean. Uh, so I'm I'm really confused, bro. I'm so let down. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how long I've been in rehab for. I don't know if my wife is still alive. I don't know how to drive the car that I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> and also I don't know where I got this car from. I'm in a bad way, bro. And I'm sitting there, okay, the whole time, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, were well, the drugs really that bad? I mean, here I am, <laughs> drug-free, and I'm having more problems than I ever did when I was totally blank. When I was high on crack crackers, I didn't have a care in the world. And now I'm freaking out that I might have stolen somebody else's car. I was starting to think that maybe being drug-free isn't as cracked up to be as it's cracked up to be.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was cra- I was cracking, bro. So, so I go to get out of my car, right? And then I'm like, oh, crap, I probably should have turned it off first. So I stood on the sidewalk and watched my car slowly drift away into oncoming traffic. Well, I guess that's uh, it for my car, right, bro? If that even was my car to begin with. So I'm thinking, alright, bro, you know what I need right now? Some fucking drugs. (laughs) I mean, regular drugs would be nice too, but if they're fucking drugs, I'll take them. And then I started wondering, who am I talking to, bro? This being sober stuff sucks ass. So I'm walking around the streets with my pants around my ankles because, you know, it's a really good way for the chicks to get invested, you know what I'm saying? They love that kind of forward thinking. Anyway, so I'm walking around the streets, and I see this shop, all right? Well, I'd call it a store because I'm an American. Anyway, there's this guy lying on the <laughs> There you go. That's for international listeners. Anyway, there's this guy lying on the sidewalk in front of the store. He's just lying there trying to catch butterflies in his mouth. So I look up at the store, and it's called We Sell the Best California Weed in California, or WSTBCWIC for short. Well, that's wild, bro. So I'm like, how long have I been in rehab for, bro? Have I been in rehab for so long that drugs aren't illegal anymore and rehab is completely pointless? Almost, bro. Almost. So... (laughs) So I, so, I kick this homeless guy in the face, but just like lightly with the bottom of my flip flops, all right, bro? And this, so, this homeless guy, he leaps up, he does like a flip in midair, and he lands on his feet, and he punches me right in the dick, right, bro? And I mean, bro, that really hurt. So, I was like, bro. And he was like, bro. No, I don't like people making fun of me, all right, bro? So, I say, bro. And he shakes his head, he shakes his head, and he says, bro. So I conjure that by saying, bro, but then he just folds his arms (laughs) confidently and he says, bro, and I'm floored, bro. He got me good with that one. I mean, what more more can you say to that? I'm I'm looking at this guy and he's jacked up, man. He looks great. I mean, you could cut ice with those nipples, bro. And I tried. I mean, I didn't actually try, but I thought about trying. So, he probably noticed me licking my lips while I was staring at his nipples. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, come on, bro. And I said, hey, bro, if you don't want me fantasizing about cutting different things using your nipples, then maybe you should think about putting on a shirt. <laughs> and then he said he wasn't wearing a shirt because he's a pro wrestler, bro. Swear to God, bro, he used the word bro. Also, as I have, as I have already established, he had been saying the word bro several times prior to this as well. <laughs> I got dollar signs, bro, dollar signs in my eyes, which I assume was some sort of side effect of being off the drugs for so long. <laughs> I was, I was feeling sick, bro, sick with excitement, but also generally sick. So I go to Vince, I say, you got to book this guy. He's hilarious. Then I realized I was actually talking to a reflection of myself in the store window. <laughs> well, my name is also Vince, so it kind of still coins. So this bro, he bros up to me and he's all like talking to yourself, bro. And I'm all like, no, I'm talking to you, bro. You could go places, bro. I used to book for wrestling back in the day. I don't know if you've ever heard of the attitude era, but I invented it, bro. Before I came along, wrestlers didn't have attitude, but I changed all of that. (laughs) Before me, wrestlers didn't fight in the airport or at the circus for no reason, but I changed all (laughs) that, bro. Before me, wrestling matches, they always happened in the ring, and they very rarely involved poles. But I changed all of that, bro. (laughs) Bro. So he's looking at me, bro, with these wide eyes. He's like, really, bro? You're really a booker, bro? And I'm like, you know it, bro. Woo-woo-woo, bro. That was all me as well, bro. I did everything for Zack Ryder. At least I imagine (laughs) I did. I might have been doped up on hops at the time. I frequently was. I like this kid, though. I like this kid, all right? Alright, bro, he's got a good look, he's got great nipples, he keeps calling people bro, and also he's got a really good look. And those nipples, man, it was a good look. (laughs) So right then and there, bro, I swear to God, I swear to God, bro, I had a coming to God moment where, like, God came down to me, and I met him, and I called him bro, and he laughed, and he patted me on the back and told me I was a good boy. And I always knew I was a good boy right from the start. (laughs) <laughs> I had what the professors would call an epiphany, bro. Although the professors probably wouldn't say the word bro, but I did, bro. Okay, bro? I said bro all the time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I'm talking to this guy. I suddenly remembered to ask him what his name is. I always find it's much easier to get a wrestler booked if you know what his name is. And he says, bro, you don't know Matt Riddle, bro? And I tell him to knock it off with the bro stuff, all right? Like, that's a Russo angle, and that means it's trademarked, and also fuck you. <laughs> he said... He said to me, he said, now here's what he said, okay? So what he said to me was, and I'll never forget it, bro. He said, my name is Matt Riddle. And I was floored, bro. Floored. And I'm like, Matt Riddle, that's not going to sell, bro. You need to change your name to Christmas Crangle. And, <laughs> and he looked me dead in the eye. And he immediately agreed. He nodded his head and said, bro, that's exactly the thing I need to really push me to the top of the charts. And also to the top of the wrestling world. I could see that I had him, bro. I could see he was invested. So I went further. Uh, I could see he was invested. So I went further. I said, yeah, bro, here's the deal. All right. So you're going to be renamed to Christmas Kringle, All right. But you need a, a, a tag team partner. And who is the best heat magnet in the business? Who is the greatest heel? professional wrestling well it's got to be me vince russo bro so i'm (laughs) your tag team partner okay bro now think about it krangle and russo it's money obviously i get to keep my name because i'm a former heavyweight champion bro i've already got some name recognition people know me bro they know me and they love me so that's the angle bro christmas krangle and vince russo the two boyos will be the tag team champions in no time so old christmas is rubbing his chin thoughtfully as if he's thinking about something And then he tells me he's really hungry and he wants some sandwiches so i don't know what that's code for you know bro because like back in the day there used to be a code with the boys so they could order drinks and other things backstage so for example the undertaker would say hey give me a big bottle of whiskey to drink and that what that means bro is that he wanted to drink a big bottle of whiskey now it's a (laughs) clever code i know so i'm trying to figure out what this sandwich is code for right so no, Christmas Krangle, he's, he's shaking his head now. He says, no, actually, I'd rather have ice cream instead. Now nah, I'm no fool, bro. I know exactly what ice cream is going for. So I say, that's what I'm talking about, bro. Let's go down to the whorehouse. And <laughs> Christmas says, I don't know. I didn't know they sell ice cream there. And I'm like, come on, bro. They only sell ice cream there. And also cigars. wait, wait. wait. Are you talking about actual ice cream? And he said, yeah, bro, duh. And I said, well, why don't you go fuck yourself, bro? You don't got any talent whatsoever. I can't believe you coming in here and getting to my business, bro. Look, bro, I'm telling you the honest truth. I went to bat for you. I was out there at every single production meeting telling them, God, look at this Krangle kid. He's got it, bro. He's got it. I went to bat for you. I was doing this, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty hurt that you're turning on me, bro. I've been nothing but nice to you. And this is the thanks I get? I can't believe this, bro. I thought you were better than this. And then he said, bro. And then I said, bro. So then he <laughs> said, bro. And then I said, bro. But then he said, bro. And I couldn't think of a good way to win the argument.
2: So I said, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I swear to god, bro. I punched him in the face. Anyway, turns out that this guy used to be like a cage fighter. I had no idea. So he choked me out. And anyway, that's why I'm in the hospital right now. So if you could call me back, that'd be great.
2: That's that's it. Me, me. What fuck? One 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 question. One
1: question. No, I, I, I realized that very little of this rebooking had to do with uh, booking anything. <laughs>
2: Can I ask one question? What what fucking drugs were you on when you were writing the story?
1: I mean, Bryce, I think you know that I was stone cold Silver when I wrote this.
3: <laughs> you have this unique ability to to switch into the Russo mindset that I don't think me and Bryce are even close to comprehending. No, Is that not. a good thing?
1: It's
3: what that was. <laughs> I it's like I, I know this sounds like a really weird compliment to give to your booking but every time you speak as vince russo i kind of want you to be my uncle like i I don't know what
1: that means (laughs) yeah do you want vince russo to be your uncle or do you want me being vince russo to be your uncle
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes two
2: uncles
3: (laughs) i'm like sweating because of how much i laughed throughout
1: that whole thank you i think that was excellent i hate you.
3: you i wanted to win this time
1: Hey, man. Like I said, I I didn't know it was a competition, but you can still win. Yours, Nobody saw the play kind. It's a competition.
3: It's always been a competition.
1: And like I said, I realized after I finished it that I'm like, I haven't really booked anything. That's why there's like a really tenuous link where they said, we're going to be the tag team champions. I'm like, that kind of (laughs) That
2: That kind, you know. I really enjoyed the the, the bro off. Uh, one one of the many bro offs between Matt yeah. Ruffle and Russell. It gave me serious like flair flair J babes, vibes, you know.
3: And he oh, said bro I- and I couldn't think
1: of a way to win the <laughs>
3: argument just <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I like about that is if you go back and listen, like um Matt Riddle always wins. There's two arguments. Matt Riddle wins them both by saying bro, and Vince Russo can't figure out a way to one off <laughs> it. I mean I wouldn't.
2: What do you, you counter with that?
1: Exactly, man. Yeah man, right You
2: know, think you're It's not Matt Riddle, it's Christmas Crangle. I think you'll find. Christmas
1: cringle Christmas by the way. Oh boy. Sometimes I come up with a name. Uh, Bryce, aren't you happy that I came up with Christmas Crangle for this instead of a Tombola?
2: Yeah, I much appreciate that. You're, you're you're great at coming up with names like the the tag team between Mike Awesome and and, and Kevin Nash called Sexy Awesome. Sexy right?
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah, into it. Big Mike and the Sax, I believe, was also awesome. Big Mike the Sax.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christmas krangle and David Arquette's tag team. What would that be?
1: David Arquette. Yeah. um Christmas Krangle and our Cat. Oh, I have to think about it. I can't come up with a shit. Uh, come on, bro. I'm not. I, 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 hey, I don't give this shit away for free. <laughs> you,
0: want me, you want Christ. me to
1: start fucking up storylines for you, bro? You're gonna have to start <laughs> paying me cash, drugs, my friend. Will you be my <laughs> uncle? <laughs> you're also happy. If you want me to be your uncle, you're also gonna have to pay me drugs.
3: Yeah,
2: right, it's fine. Uh, oh, okay. That. Oh my God. What. What. What was the last hour and 20 minutes? What was that?
3: <laughs> Book It Like
2: was You're exactly right, my friend. That was Book It Like Rousseau, too. And like, I guess we can only hope that we've done our Lord and Savior, Vince Rousseau, proud. <sighs> Look, we, Did,
3: I, I feel like there should be a, a, a point where we all just say that we, we, we do love Vince Rousseau.
2: Yes, I mean, we portray him. Very badly. <laughs> our, our, our tongue is like uh, like surgically attached to our cheek in, in this episode. Yeah, like, you know, we're, we're like a bit of interest, so You know, we, we can't, uh, can't, can't mock this so completely. You know, fair, fair play to him for always sticking to his guns, no matter what kind of situation he's in. Um, yeah. You know, he's staying true to himself, at least. So, yeah.
3: he's For all of the bad things he's done. And there's a lot. That's it. That's it. For all of the
1: bad things he has done, that's it. And yep. <laughs> 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 yeah it's like, like say, say what you want about prince russo <laughs> <laughs> go ahead say whatever you want you can do that
3: look <laughs> at like russo 2 bro electric oh, bro glue.
1: my it's, goodness it's it's been a trip hasn't it three very different stories
2: mm. it's been a trip i had a fucking great great time there gents all right let's let, let's fucking round off this show did you like this show fuck it do you like making kayfabe do you want more content from making kayfabe we've got it all on patreon my friends if you go to patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe right now you'll find rebookings involving Samojo, brock lesnar billy k and luna vachon on our kayfabe community tier for just five pounds What the fuck else can you buy for £5 these days? Fucking nothing. Only Making Kayfabe. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a fiver spare, get yourself over to patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. We'll see you there. Season four begins next week. Next fucking week, folks. On Tuesday, the 18th of May, we'll be kicking off season four with a super highly requested rebooking and possibly one of my biggest what ifs in wrestling history. Trust me, kayfabers, you don't want to miss this one. I want to say a big thank you to our guest host, Tyler. Tyler, do you have anything you want to plug when you're here?
3: Oh, that's a really that's a really direct question. I mean, if we yeah. were going to talk about kinks, I think that would be a, a
1: different podcast. <laughs> I really like oh, it when, you? When, when I'm with somebody who else who who is really good at vincing. That's what I like. <laughs> you're a great vincer, yeah. You
3: definitely
2: are a great vincer.
3: Two vinces just vincing, vincing their vincing way around. through the weird world vincer. of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Vindicated, yep. violent, vincing. Vincing. Why not? What's yeah. so your Twitter. Oh, um, you can follow me at dyslexic underscore tweets. Um the clues in the title don't point out if I misspell things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fucking <laughs> hey. enough. Dyslexic underscore tweets on Twitter, folks, to follow Tyler and his all of his escapes, but <laughs> all right folks, book it like 2 is in the books. Bro, we'll see you next week for the premiere of season four. Of making kayfabe. Bro. Bro. (laughs) Bro.
0: Bro. 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 Bro.